Hello, hello, and welcome to APIs You Won't Hate. My name is Mike Bifulco, your effervescent and ever-present host of the show. Today, I am flying solo and having a chat with actually a friend of mine locally here in my hometown of Charlotte, who I've known for a while now, and we're, we're going to talk a bit about what he's working on, a bit about how he got there, and you know some of the backstory of that stuff. So I'm very excited to talk to today, Drew White. Drew, how's it going, man? Hey, Mike, how are you? Doing good today. I'm good. I'm good. We have a lot of things to talk about. I'm really interested to hear your whole story and to talk a little bit about StashPad, where you you have been laying down your lines of code of late, among other things. Yeah. And I think we'll, we'll kind of get into all those things in particular, like anything to do with building en engineering teams and all that is always interesting around here. Drew, tell me about yourself. How did we meet? Let's start there. <laughs> This is actually, I feel like it was kismet, if I can use that word. Yeah, so I'm a cyclist, as you guys probably know Mike is as well. And I was riding with a buddy on a local greenway, and Mike was riding one of the most esoteric bikes that I feel like only a handful of local cyclists probably even know what they are, but I saw it. I was like, hey, is that a such and such? And he was like, yeah, how did you, like, it was just like a, a, a sort of thing. And so we kind of met on the, the Greenway, had a small little conversation. And then later, I had a set of wheels for sale, I, I believe. And uh, you responded to the post. I don't think I realized it was you until you came to pick up the wheels and bought them. And yeah, so like that whole thing. And then, yeah, just started riding like morning Greenway, grabbing coffee, that sort yeah. of thing. And that was a couple of years ago. Now, it was. It was during wrong. the dark days of the pandemic, for sure, yeah. you know, when, when we were not doing much indoor stuff. Definitely a bit of kismet there. And I, I think if I remember, like the space between bumping into each other for the first time and then me contacting you on Facebook Marketplace to buy wheels when I needed them was like days to a week at most. I think it was, was it, two days. I think it was yeah. two days. A very cool. strange back-to-back -back set of coincidences that I'm, you know, frankly, pretty grateful for. And I am too. Yeah, of course. We've talked about, you know, tons of writing stuff ever since, of course. And coffee seems to come up fairly often. You you have similar tastes in design and all that other stuff too. So it's been super cool to kind of get to know you here. And what's been really cool to see over the past few years is like you've done a complete full-on career, like and I a pivot is not even fair. Like you've done an absolute <laughs> like suplex to your working world. Sure. Tell me a little bit about your working history. Like what what have you done and what are you doing now? Yeah, so I've kind of taken a non-traditional path into the working world. I kind of started in finance for the first two years out of school. I did not go to college. It just really wasn't my, I attempted, but it really wasn't my thing. So I jumped into finance for a couple of years and then spent the last, I don't know, decade or so in aerospace. Started kind of at the bottom of sort of mid-sized company and worked my way up to marketing director. And so from there, pivoted out of that into starting my own marketing agency, which I did smack dab in the middle of the pandemic, right around the time that I met you. And what's interesting is I had been, you know, fascinated with the developer world for a couple of years at that point, but really hadn't made it like a high priority on my I tend to accumulate hobbies. So it kind of fell to the bottom of the stack. And then I met you and we were kind of talking about some of this stuff on bike rides and, and such and such. And I had started building a lot of websites and things for clients. And yeah, just with one of your your previous employers showing me the, the gymnasium, actually, which was like sort of like 
tutorial land educational portal for largely like web dev stuff, I feel like. But anyways, took every single course available on there and got a lot out of it. And just like that love of wanting to build stuff just ignited from that point forward. So fast forward, let's say a year of really focusing on development education, particularly with JavaScript. I was kind of burnt out managing this this marketing business, found an actual subcontractor that was interested in acquiring it and bailed and decided that I wanted to take a stab at you know, working for a startup in the tech world. And so kind of applied to a couple of places and put my resume out there a little bit, however minimal it might have been at that point in time. And I fielded quite a few inquiries and really landed on, I had one conversation with Kara Bornstein, is Stashpad CEO, and really believed in her vision and her as a leader of that company. So it was pretty sold. And then in the second interview, got to meet with the CTO, Theo Marin, and was even more sold. So I kind of decided at that point that this is really where I wanted to be. And uh, yeah, so took a role there as a developer experience designer. Man, you've done so many things in such a short amount of time, like literally sure. from from finance to being a marketing director to running an agency to mm-hmm. figuring out how to find your way into the dev world is really fascinating. You know, along the way, like you, you also had some interesting projects that you put out into the world, which though your resume may have been short at the time, you had some really cool stuff like your skeuomorphism project. That, that was cool. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. So I was just kind of in all of my free time, I was building a lot of UI stuff just for learning purposes of my own, but also just because there were things that I wanted that I, I couldn't find or I didn't think existed or something like that. So I was using a lot of like skeuomorphism, glassmorphism, and pneumorphism in some of my designs, primarily because I have a background in 3D design. And so it was like sort of appealing to me to be able to create some of that stuff sort of like the in, in the web, which I thought was awesome. And so, yeah, I created this tool. I got tired of like finagling like, okay, 0.3 pixels, 0.4 pixels, like like all of this stuff, like adjusting them to get like the shadows and the highlights and all of that stuff just right. And so I created a little tool that's basically a, a CSS generator with these really nice little sliders that, you know, you can quickly dial in the amount of skeuomorphism, neomorphism that you want with the right direction of light down to like, I think it's a one thousandth of a pixel or something like that. It's pretty crazy. But yeah, built that and it's actually gotten quite a bit of use from not only myself, but like other designers and developers have used it as well. And yeah, that was like the first real tool that I built and put out there that that picked up any traction, but it was super fun to build for sure. Yeah. Uh, I, I appreciate most about you how understated you are. It, this is an insanely cool thing. And like, to me, the the perfect example of showing that you're an interesting person who's taking a hands-on approach to learning and actually building things out. I will drop the URL for this tool in in the browser, or sorry, in the in the show notes here. And what's interesting for the audience of APIs you won't hate is like a lot of the folks we work with here are really into building the data layer, the backend side of things, the connective tissue from the front end to the back end. But you can imagine in many ways that you could show off your chops as an API developer by building out a, a simple tool that just shows one facet of here's mm-hmm. how I would, you know, build out 
these these knobs and levers to adjust the experience of building an API. Better pneumomorphism is a very touchable, like, you know, tasty kind of thing to be able to go out and use. And like, as someone who's trying to break into the industry or as someone who was trying to break into the industry at the time, it's the perfect kind of prism to put in front of yourself to say like, yeah, cool. I haven't worked in this yet, but I do this kind of work and I do a really good job of it. And it's gotten some great attention too, which is really cool. The, the thing I still need to yell at you about is you need to put your name on that webpage uh, <laughs> in big, bold letters somewhere. Minimalism be damned. People should know where it came from. You know what I mean? That is sort of like a thing that we've talked about a bit. I'm a minimalist through and through, like at every phase. And uh, yeah, it's, I get it. The branding, I need to be better about that for sure. And maybe someday I'll put it on there. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I'll go chase down your code and open a pull request for you. Yeah, cool. So why don't we talk a little bit about what you're doing now? So what is StashPad? So StashPad is a notes-taking application, kind of aims to flip that concept of notes-taking on its head. The whole point of what we're doing is reducing the burden of capture. I mean, from my perspective, notes is not a particularly enjoyable experience for most people. However, it is a particularly important part of daily dev life or daily, you know, really work life. Being able to get thoughts out of our head, take notes on conversations that we've had, meetings, stand-ups, code reviews, all that kind of stuff, very easily, very quickly, be able to put it somewhere and not really have to worry about where you're putting it necessarily and kind of give you that feeling and vibe similar to like if you were DM, DMing yourself in Slack um, where it's the, it's the lowest burden of entry for capture and the, the in my personal experience, I might be biased, but my personal experience is the, it's the least amount of friction for getting something out of my head and into somewhere that I can recall it later when I need to. So yeah, we've been working on the app for probably two years now, I guess, is when um, things kind of started. But we just launched in August on Product Hunt and reception has been phenomenal. It's been so, so good. So yeah, um, that's what StashPad is. It's at the helm. We have Kara Bornstein and Theo Marin as the two founders. And then it's a pretty small team. We're located in Raleigh or Durham, North Carolina. I keep saying Raleigh every time. A little I both. Yeah, yeah. We're I mean, most people Durham, put them right Carolina, next to each other anyway. Yeah, at the American Underground there, which has been great. So yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah, American Underground is kind of like the home of startups in, in mm -hmm. that part of North Carolina. A super cool it's community great. created there. So note-taking is a really interesting thing to me. I, I have kind of a, a interesting history with it. And actually, I remember, I wish I could tell you when it was, but I remember a specific conversation I had with one of my great friends, actually my former employer, Andrew Miller, who is the program director over at Gymnasium and is a longtime friend of mine, one of the, the smartest people I know. At one point, I remember having a conversation with him where he asked me about how I take notes for work. Like, how do I keep track of what I'm doing? And literally at the time, my response was, why would I take notes? Like, I just remember it, you know? And like the the brash bold statement that I made that was just like, I don't know, my brain's working at a thousand percent all the time. Why do I need to write anything down? Sure. I remember that moment. And I remember like literally a month later being like, oh man, I need to write everything down. Like I'm starting to forget things. They're all falling out of the back of my head. And that, that was the moment where I really started to focus on like trying to organize myself, trying to organize my thoughts and have frankly filtered through a lot of tools in the meantime. And I think the note-taking thing and writing down notes and taking notes is a virtuous thing. It's very good. You want to do it because it, it's less burden for your your mind, but also it helps other people, right? So like 
Drew, if you and I have a conversation and I'm teaching you something one-on-one, that's awesome. You might learn something from me. But if I also write it down and one other person reads it, I've doubled the efficacy of that conversation. And that's why note-taking is good. It's also helpful if I forget it in the future, I can come back to it. What what I also really like about it too is that like note-taking is different for everyone and you kind of have to find what works for you. And I feel like people may feel like the market is kind of flooded flooded with note-taking tools, but I think that's because people's style of thought and their style of organization is very, very different from one another. And like some people are good with just a notepad, you know, TXT file and and the chaos that that may bring on. Some people might like the iOS, you know, note app for their own thing, but truly finding something that is like broadly applicable and easy to use and easy to understand is a challenging problem space. Yeah. And I think actually your experience that you just described is fairly common. You know, I Mm. had the same sort of greater than thou uh, attitude towards notes in the early days. Like I have a pretty solid memory. I can remember a lot of things. Um, But what I think a lot of people who do take notes now understand and people who don't take notes will ultimately figure out is that the more you keep in your head, yeah, you may be able to keep it in there, but you got limited space up there. So the more you take in, eventually some of that stuff's going to start falling off. And then there's like the stress of, you know, some of that data may be important and then you may not have it. So I've definitely adapted a practice and you're absolutely right. There's a lot of options out there and sort of varying degrees of complexity, which is the interesting part to me. But I think what is so interesting is just the fact that there are so many like different note-taking applications speaks to a larger problem, right? No one has kind of sorted this stuff out. Usually, particularly in the dev, the development world, engineering world, DevTools tend to be winner-take-all. I mean, VS Code, by far and away, owns the market and in IDE, maybe with JetBrains or something coming in right behind them. You've got um, basically issue tracking tools and all these other things. There's usually like a winner-take-all sort of situation. And in so sort of personal notes, that sort of space, there really isn't something that is landed on. People are kind of all over the board from, you know, untitled text files, just flooding their desktop to any combination of different apps, big ones, Notion, Evernote, Obsidian, all of those things. And so where we like to think that we can fit in and, and, and why we're building this thing in the first place is to kind of have this de facto, we'll do whatever you want it to do lightweight and very speedy. I've used some of the other big name apps out there, particularly like Apple Notes and things like that. And there always seems to be a little bit of friction between, I just got told some information that I need to remember in four hours from now or two days from now or two months from now. Where do I put that? How do I organize that in my hierarchy or whatever? And how am I going to find that later? And that has always been my challenge. I've bounced around from, from app to app long before I even knew that StashPad was a thing. And so that's the problem we aim to resolve. And the reality is if we can bring a little bit of joy to something that is often like a mundane sort of experience, yeah, I mean, all the better. That's sort of yeah. the goal. Sure. Yeah, it's a, it's a hard thing to describe the, the way the value of having a good note-taking system feels, but like w- when you come out on the other side of it and you start writing things down, the task of recall 
suddenly doesn't become, I need to remember every detail about this thing. All you need to remember is that you wrote it down and you can find it. And that's something that the scale that comes with that is pretty tremendous and also really helpful. Like in three years, when I want to look up what you and I talked about today, I certainly won't remember that right in my brain, but I will remember (laughs) that we had this talk and I can jump back into my notes and chase it down. Um, it's, it's, it's super cool. And I feel like there's a lot of psychology that goes into it. Like both the people's uh, hesitance to take on note taking, but then like the personal style, the workflow, the things that trigger people's like, I need to take a note about this, or I need to keep my list of tasks in this versus, you know, am I summarizing an article or, or writing down a note about, I don't know, some hack I wrote in my code, whatever the case may be. Yeah. I, I like all of that stuff. It's really interesting to think about. And like, you must be building a very kind of generic tool set to do that, right? Yeah, I mean, like our whole concept is is giving users, people, a default place to write to that they don't have to worry about. Like it's it's essentially a log. You know, it's a date time stamped log that includes everything that you've got. So if you even remember roughly what happened during the day, you should be able to find the note that that you took down, which is pretty awesome. And so sort of the next big thing for us is further removing we're calling barriers to capture because we believe that that's the most important thing. And so as we continue to expand and develop the product, one of our our major items on our roadmap is like integrations in our API. So the whole idea of being able to send content from somewhere into Stashpad or even have that content automatically be imported into Stashpad as a note in the right place when you need it is really exciting for me. I don't know what it was like, you know, at any of your your previous employers, but like one of the biggest things moving to the tech world that kind of knocked me off my socks is the tech stack. I was not prepared for that whatsoever. Like even coming from like my own business where I was using quite a few different tools for different purposes and managing those things, like my bookmark folder for like just Dashpad tools is 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 pretty big. Like we, we've got <laughs> at least twelve separate tools that we use for different purposes. And while that's great, and all of them work really well, sometimes it's hard, particularly in my position, it, it's difficult to hey remember where that comment that someone made that you need to reference came from, or like was it in. Slack? Was it in, was it a conversation? Was it a thread in Slack? Like going back and doing all of that stuff or was it a slab or any, any number of, of different locations it could have come from. And so the ability to have this sort of automated notes dashboard, which is, you know, the ultimate goal here is really, really appealing to me to be able to create some smart stacks that give you the information you need from the resources that you use, the tools that you use, and combine that with capturing your own notes from one-on-ones, meetings, code reviews, all of that stuff. Yeah. It really, just feels like I would like to have that today. Sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I What I'm really interested to hear about too is like, this is this is one of those great cases where Almost certainly you will be using Stashpad as you're building it, you know, probably both personally and as, as a company, as a team, whatever that looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, can you tell me a little bit about what, what your, like, what your, I don't know, uh, your dog fooding process is like and some of the things that your team does with Stashpad? Yeah. So our dog fooding process is pretty strong. Everybody on our team is very opinionated and also very thorough and not afraid to speak up, which is hugely beneficial both from like a development standpoint, but honestly from a design standpoint, which I spend a lot of time in. And so we all 
use StashPad very differently. It's actually pretty fascinating to often like, we'll go into like a spec review or something like that. And this person will say, you know, I use this this way. That makes perfect sense to me. And then like, I'm looking at him like, I don't use it that way at all. Like I, my, the, my mindset, my brain map is is different. My mental model is different. And so what's fascinating is we've we've kind of engineered the flexibility to match different mental models into the app, which has been, I don't know, kind of just eye-opening for me, but I use it all the time, primarily with code reviews, design reviews, that sort of thing, spec reviews. I have several one-on-ones every week. I like to use it for them so I can both remember what we talked about, but also kind of measure my own progress and be able to go back and look at some of the things that we talked about. I also do it for basically things that I want to bring up. I also use it as a drafting tool, believe it or not, because it does support Markdown. And so I can do some longer form notes if I need to. So I do like it as a drafting tool. They render really, really nicely. And then I also use it as like a lockbox for data that I know I'm going to need in perpetuity. I can keep a place for quick, quick info that I just need to access all the time. And I can know that everything in there is always going to be there forever in the shape that it needs. So, and that's how I use it. I also use it as a task manager. We've got a great sort of to-dos system and a hierarchical to-dos, which is super awesome. So like you can create a stack of to-dos, which is within another stack of to-dos. That stack mm-hmm. itself can be a to-do, so on and so forth. Yeah. So yeah, it works yeah, really so I, well for I, keeping me organized. I can imagine as an engineer or as someone working on a product team, whether you're an engineer or a designer or a product manager, whatever whatever your role is, there's a lot of value in keeping yourself organized and and making this thing work for you. Can you tell me a little bit about the storage plan for, for StashPad? So right now, is it a local only? Is it cloud synced? Is it something you use with like Dropbox or Google Drive or something like that? How does it work? Yeah, right now it is local only. That was a decision we made based on some, you know, early feedback that we had from engineers and, you know, companies being very, we, we want people to be very, have the option to be very private about their their data and not be syncing to and from the cloud. But as of right now, we are, I don't want to put an actual date on it. We do have a date for release, but just in case things get pushed, you know, plus a couple of days, minus a couple of days, whatever the case is, we are rolling out sync in the very near future, which will give users an opportunity to not only have data on multiple computers, but also we'll be rolling out our mobile app about the same time. So yeah, we'll have access to, um, again, the whole idea is further reducing that, that, that friction capture. So yeah, we'll, we'll have cloud sync available for a pretty small monthly fee. I don't know exactly what it is off the top of my head, but it's very reasonable. And I think there will be a, a certain number of, of, um, like free sync sort of things. And then the community sure. version, which is non-sync, will be free forever in perpetuity. Yeah, very cool. Is there, so is Stashpad taking the perspective that notes are a sort of personal trove of information or is there collaborative features coming? Yeah. So, I mean, our whole thing through this has been, there are so many tools out there for teams, right? And there's very little for managing your own daily work. And so we have taken this stance that Stashpad is for you not for your team, not for your manager, not for even necessarily the enterprise, although I'm sure we will have enterprise level customers. The idea is it's for the engineer. It's for the user. And so 
that being said, we actually do, we used to have a, a web app version, which was like version negative 0.1 or whatever you want to call it, that does have a collab feature that we still to this day use for retro. And it is easily the greatest platform for something like that, that we have experimented with. We've tried basically everything else. We always end up coming back to the old web app. Um, so yeah, there may be plans for for adopting some of that functionality in the future as well. Sure. Yeah, I think it's, it's a good angle to take or an interesting angle to take, certainly. I think a lot of folks' gut response might be that like having a team collaborative tool is maybe the, the table stakes for them. But in practice, all of the companies I've worked at that have reached any like reasonable team size of call it five people or greater tend to standardize on like what is easiest. So, and, and by that, I mean like things that they probably already paid for within the enterprise. So that may be Google Docs or Jira or GitHub or like the things that are sort of built into that process. But what I also like about this is that by keeping it local and for yourself, like it, it it's a way for you to keep your information, to grow your own sort of a stack of knowledge and, and to build upon your own set of notes in a way that is that is you flavored. I think that's really interesting. Sure. And obviously you can still collaborate with your team, right? There, right? there are, you know, ways to get information out of this thing. It's not a one-way valve. Yeah. 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 And I think just based on our experience using the web app, I can't see that not making it in, like the collaborative use case not making it into the app. It's just, it's too good to like pass on. I just don't know where it lives on our roadmap today right but the perpetual yeah, startup challenge yeah when, yeah when is it the most important thing to build that's right and i think a lot yeah. of people like i mean we're a team of seven so like we're, wow. we're pretty small and so we've got to kind of pick and choose our priorities particularly this close to our launch you know and so we're trying to deliver one thing but a perfect one thing and then we'll move on to the next thing you know yeah so I'm, I'm curious to probe in a little more about the sort of API layer that you teased, because I know that sure. the, the team listening to this will definitely be interested in that. What does that look like? What are the sort of hooks you're thinking about, you know, opening up APIs for? Yeah, I mean, primarily the initial sort of main function of the API is intended to expand capture, essentially. So the ability to send information to Stashpad from basically any tool or any product, any project that you're working on would be the primary function. Um, we may have some other functionalities that come after that. But yeah, I mean, our whole thing is that the easier you can make capture, the more likely people are going to take for notes and the better they're going to retain information. And then ultimately, the better they're going to be able to work. So yeah, the, that, that'll be the, the primary function there. We're still kind of working through the details on this. This is on our current roadmap. And I know it's coming probably way quicker than we're going to be. It feels like we're doing a lot of things right now, but they're all very good things and we're executing at a pretty high level. And so we're trying to maintain that that momentum. So I, I'd be surprised if this wasn't out early first quarter next year. Yeah, cool. I, I know your team, so you said it's a seven-person team, and I, I know you've done some of the engineering work. I'd imagine there's a few engineers uh, that, that work on the product. Can you talk a little bit about what Stashpad is built with? Yeah, a stash pad is built with React TypeScript in Electron as our hmm. primary shippable form. And then the mobile app will be React Native, actually. So yeah, it's been it's actually been quite a joy to work with. I know our one of our engineers who kind of does a lot of the Electron work definitely has some gripes about it. He just wrote a blog post that'll be up on our website probably at the end of today. Um but yeah, it's 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 a great tool, and there's a reason that it's so widely used. And so, even with some of the the push and pull, I think it's still a good option, particularly for desktop 
And it allows us to ship to Linux and Windows and Mac kind of all in one go. Sure. Yeah, I feel like the perpetual thing is that as it does more, people want more. And, you know, early on, the conversation was mostly around performance. You know, we can't ship a Chrome browser for everything. But to be honest, I think that's become less of a problem in recent years as computers have gotten better, as Electron itself has gotten better, as Chrome has gotten more lightweight and all those things. Chromium, I guess, not quite Chrome. Um, Right. And it's interesting to to pair that with React Native too, which historically has had similar things and has gotten tremendously further along in the past few years. Like building for React Native now is so much easier than it was in 2016. It's it's a much, much more capable thing. It's cool to see that coming around. Yeah, I did some stuff with React Native, just personal projects a couple years ago, and I haven't had an opportunity to work on any of the mobile stuff. Now my role is, is pretty widely split between design, engineering, DevRel, and then some higher level stuff, product stuff. So, but any chance I, I get an, an opportunity to to work in app, I relish those opportunities because that's sort of what drove me to this place in the first place. But yeah, the we're, we're pretty excited. We've got some some really good things coming out. And I think they're happy with React Native today. The engineers are. Don't, I haven't heard much in the way of complaints. So that's always a good sign. Yeah, I'll say, certainly. Cool. So, Drew, what other things haven't we touched on with StashPad that that folks might be interested in if they haven't tried it yet? Yeah, I think for me, it's the it's really the speed of the thing that makes it so much better. Like I I've been a long time I, I kind of bounced I mentioned it earlier, I bounced around from app to app for years, Notes app that is. And ultimately landed on Apple Notes just because of its sort of nativity, as it were. But it was always kind of like somewhat of a compromise for me. But I've actually just, I mean, within the last six months have like fully transitioned into StashPad as a whole, primarily because of the speed of the thing. It's just uncannily fat. Like I think all of our basic actions are sub 100 milliseconds or something like that. Like even like loading a massive list of notes is just ridiculously fast. And the other real concept behind it, like particularly if if you're like a developer and you know the importance of keeping your hands on the keyboard, like the thing is is well set up. You can navigate everything, create, delete, you know, whatever you want to do without ever leaving the keyboard. And like super familiar sort of key bindings that make a lot of sense. And so that's like another huge thing for for me in particular. We also have like shortcut like a global os shortcut so you can open it up while you're so you're working in vs code or your ide and you got to take a quick note you can just open it up without ever touching the mouse and bounce over to it dump your note go back to work and just basically eliminate that context switching sort of moment right there um but yeah i think if anybody hasn't tried it that's listening it's certainly worth it it's free so no harm no foul you can download it our website stashpad Dot com And yeah, give it a try. Let us know. And we're super active on our Discord server. We love getting feedback from, from users, even when they hate it. Like we got railed the other day by some guy. He just didn't like the interface like whatsoever. And like he was, he must have sent like 10 emails yesterday, I think. But that's good stuff for us. Like it's, it's good feedback. Like we don't mind it at all. So yeah, I, I definitely think everybody... If you're using Evernote or Notion or Apple Notes or Ulysses or any of the other ones, it's worth giving it a try. It's a different experience for sure. You may like it, you may not, but we hope that you will. 
Yeah, cool. I'm, I'll make sure to drop a link in the show notes here too. And if people want to chase you down, Drew, where's the best place to find you? Usually you can find me at the Whitewater Center in Charlotte, North Carolina, <laughs> or at Fontaflora, also Sean. No, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Drew Scholl. I don't, I, I spend a lot of time there observing, but I'm not like yeah. a huge content creator. I like watching. There's um, a lot to observe yeah. on Twitter these days too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, that's probably the easiest way to get a hold of me. Cool, right on. Well, Drew, thanks so much for hanging out today. It's been really cool talking about StashPad. Yeah, come back anytime, especially once you're starting to talk about like opening up the API taps. We'll have for lots sure. of people with very interesting opinions for you, and I'm sure you'll get a, a bit of an onslaught in your Discord for people with feature requests and things like that in the near term. Perfect. We'll create your own channel just for you guys. Right on. Thanks so much, Drew. We'll talk right. soon. Thanks, Mike. See ya.